Welcome to episode 81 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. Happy to be back and even happier to bring you today's story. Rachel Barbeau is a journalist turned movement leader. She retired from sports broadcasting after nearly two decades of live coverage from the sidelines of your favorite events, but she couldn't bring herself to leave the sports world completely. Barbeau, a graduate of Auburn University, found sports media as a method of escapism. A tumultuous childhood led her into the open arms of the fun, upbeat sports broadcasting atmosphere, and she got to work immediately. She was a sideline reporter on Auburn student newscast Eagle Eye before launching her own talk show on the platform. She parlayed that on-camera success into radio, specifically a hosting position with SiriusXM. Barbeau became the first woman to ever host SiriusXM's ESPNU channel and added hosting stints on the SEC and ACC channels as well. That also led to in the 17 years where people came to know me. My middle name is Joy, but I gravitated towards human interest stories. I gravitated towards telling the heart of the matter. I gravitated towards telling the rest of the story. Um, Told some pretty amazing stories about Dak Prescott and Derrick Henry and... um, Dabo Sweeney and the Sabins, And I mean, I told some really heartfelt stories that other people did not get. And um, I think it can trace it back to one who I was created to be by God. Um, but secondly, that um, that desire to do something that mattered to me and that I wouldn't go home crying about at night. In her work, Barbeau saw a chasm in traditional sports media coverage. Near the end of her prolific career on the sidelines, she fell in love with human interest stories. She was on the hunt for the humanizing aspect of these elite athletes. She found it in stories that centered mental health. She started to ask one very specific question. What sets your soul on fire? And for many of them, they've never been asked that. They never pondered it. Um, They never thought about it. They've only always been an athlete. But a lot of them have only always been valued for their athletic gifts. And, um, And then so when they get hurt, Um, or when it ends, um, or when they need to take a mental health break, they feel like they're letting down a town, a city, a family. And one of the things I do want to tell athletes across the country is that feelings will lie to you. Feelings are fleeting and feelings will lie to you. And so oftentimes, um, especially with this recent, I would say in the past year, spate of, of high profile suicides with athletes, you know, a lot of times athletes feel like, oh my gosh, my family's going to be so mad at me. My family's going to be, they're going to be disappointed in me. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. And when I talk to parents, which I do many times, because many of them serve in my movement, I'm changing the narrative. They tell me, we just want them to be healthy and happy. We just want our child to be healthy and happy. And as long as they're healthy and happy, we're good. And if that means taking a break from the softball team or taking a break from swimming or taking a break from football because they're struggling mentally, they're not letting us down. They're not letting this town down. They're not letting us down. We love them just the same. But inside an athlete's head oftentimes are these weighted and massive expectations that they feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. And then oftentimes that is not true, um, that these people will love you no matter what, um, and you've got to do what is best for you. 
Out of this dialogue sprung Barbo's life mission. She founded I'm Changing the Narrative in an effort to bring mental health stories to the forefront and help athletes, coaches, and parents navigate those difficult conversations. You know, with my work now with I'm Changing the Narrative, I, you know, I, I find the same athlete at small schools in North Dakota as I do at Auburn. And, you know, people might say, that's, that's, not, that's what are you talking about? They're facing the same things. They're dealing with the same things. They are, I mean, all of it is the same. And so, yeah, it, um, they might have a little bit of, you know, difference in their, their skill set. But what athletes are facing at big schools or small schools is, um, and the pressure that athletes put on themselves is the same. So yes, was I very, very fortunate and very, very um, blessed to work inside the SEC, the ACC, and then eventually nationally as the first female host on Sirius XM collegiate channels. But um, I feel like it, wherever I had landed, I would have shot down this road of, of finding the human interest, finding the joy. Their experiences are the same, big schools, small schools, North Dakota, Maryland, um, Kansas, you know, California, Utah, wherever they are, their stories are the same. I would say this about Olympics and Olympians, and there almost has to be another level of like another year, if you will. Um, where you are a self-motivator, where you can kick your own butt, where you can cheer for yourself, where you can, you can talk yourself. I mean, that to me is like, it's yeah. Team sport is absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, and some Olympians obviously are in a team sport, but having that training and you being responsible for being your greatest motivator, um, is, is pretty spectacular and I just have so much respect. I have so much respect for athletes in general, um, both male and female, um, and what they do and what they put their, you know, how they put their body and their minds and their souls on the line. And then, and then what happens afterwards? And that's one of the big things we talk about and I'm changing the narrative. I'm Changing the Narrative gives collegiate and professional athletes the space to rewrite their negativity, to redefine their legacies. Um, at first, it was Purpose Passion Platform, my own experience with domestic violence and changing the narrative of the headlines. You know, you don't have to trend for something negative. You can trend for something positive. Um, you can take the headlines back for something positive. That's how it started. And then I began to talk about, well, if I'm talking to um, men and I started to call them kings because I believe inside of every single one of us is a king, a queen, a royalty because of what I call funky junk, which is trauma, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, any of those things, a lot of us never realize it, right? Mental health issues. A lot of us never look in the mirror and realize there is greatness inside of us and you are born for a purpose and there's legacy inside of us. And so I set out to remind people of that. So then I started speaking to Queens. Then I started talking about relationships. Then I started talking about uh, mental health a little bit. And we were talking about mental health prior to the pandemic when the topic exploded. Um, and it really changed. I would say another like pivotal point of when it changed was when um, my mom passed away and a trigger warning for anybody that's watching this. Um, she passed away May 1st. And then I find myself in July and I am going through a loss of my mother. I'd had a loss of a breakup. And then I was also facing financial ruin because I had taken care of my mother and hadn't really worked. And, and um, I, on top of that, had sleep deprivation for two nights where I just couldn't sleep. I was getting up early for serious shows. And 
that's when I heard voices telling me to take my own life. And I, I told somebody yesterday, I believe the reason why I survived, I, I know this now, the reason why I survived is so that I could tell other people, you're not defective, you're not weak, you're not broken. Here's a battle plan. I did not know it at the time, but I know it now. You need to find three people that you would call if you had nothing or if you had everything. And you need to let those three people know, if I'm ever struggling, I'm going to call you. If I'm ever in a bad place, I'm going to call you. If I'm in a good place and I win the lottery, I'm going to call you. Um, and what I teach people to do, and this came from my business manager, who's also an AA sponsor, is I teach people, if you're in a bad place and you're struggling, text or call your first person. Can't get them, text or call your second person. Can't get them, text or call your third person. And you may be in a situation where you're in a really dark place. Maybe you text or call that crisis hotline first and you send out those other messages afterwards like only you know how where you're at in that space but the point of having a battle plan is not suffering alone um isolation is the thing that gets us feelings are the things oftentimes that get us when when i had that dark night of the soul what i told myself and i believed was that um i couldn't burden anybody because it was three o'clock in the morning and when my family and friends found out, uh, found the story out, and I started to share it, um, they were devastated. They were really hurt, Julia. They were like, why? It hurts me that you did not feel like you could have called me. You know, they were like, it, it would have wrecked my world to lose you. And so I, I teach people that those feelings will lie to you. Facts are feelings. What are facts or what are feelings? And the facts were that night that I was loved and precious. And so what if I lost my house? You know, so what if I went to a breakup? I will heal. You know, yes, my mom died, but I'll see her again. That's what my faith tells me. And so I teach people to have that battle plan. But yeah, that is where really the the movement blew wide open i mean it was already big you know we already been to alabama and baylor and been a part of baylor's resurgence under you know matt rule and and um we we'd already been in the news we made national news and you know, we we'd done all these things but when we began to talk about mental health and i went on the road and talked about my own story with mental health it blew the movement wide open barbeau found a purpose in her struggles and quickly realized that she could create for the sake of more than herself. The older I get, the more I understand we need each other. Um, we are not in competition with each other. And, um, and especially in mental health, I was listening to this awesome documentary, if you haven't seen it, and it's called Stuts on Netflix. And I think it's Jonah Hill and his, and it's his, um, his therapist. And they made a movie for like three years about this man's like therapy um, ways and how it's revolutionary. I would watch it. But one of the things he says, I've just started it, is that in depression, that um, relationships are, and people are like the handholds on like the side of the mountain. Like when you're like just hanging on barely, relationships are the things and people are the things that can reach through that depression and bring you out. And if I do anything with my life, I want to teach people that um, I want to teach people that relationships and people, not fame, not money, not success, not any of those things, people are the greatest asset and the greatest joy. And the more we reach out to help other people, the better off we're going to be. I'm a product of all these people that have poured into me. And so when I go out and speak, I tell people, you know, these are the people that are inspiring me lately. There's been a quote 
lately that's been rocking my world and it's by Desmond Tutu and it says, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it says, you know, we got to stop just saying, hey, people are falling in the river. We've got to go upstream and figure out why they're falling in in the first place. And so I think that is um, very, very applicable with what we're seeing with the suicide epidemic right now. Okay, people are killing themselves. it's not enough to stare at the river and say people are killing themselves. We have to go upstream and figure out why they're falling in in the first place. Now, parents ask Barbo about approaching mental health and athlete identity topics with their children. They ask how to emphasize that the love they have for their children supersedes athletic prowess or playing time. Barbo said that she always drives home one important point know that you are not defined by your sport. We do not love you because you play volleyball. We love you because you are you. We love you because you're a miracle. We love you because you're kind. We love you because you're smart. We love you because you exist. We love you if there was never any volleyball. So please, please, in your mind, if you ever have the feelings that you're letting us down um, because you're struggling mentally, you need to know you are so much more than a volleyball player and we are here to support you. And we love you if you're a volleyball player and we love you if you're not. Identity is, again, something I I work with, with, you know, pro sports, pro athletes, with high school and college. Who are you away from the field, the diamond, the pool, the court? Who who are you? Who are you away from that? Because if you think you were only born to play sports, um, what a shame that is. There's so much more in you. And the best, most progressive coaches in schools are not intimidated by me coming in to to share that. You know, there's still some coaches are like, well, I don't want you talking to him about, you know, how to play the cello or, you know, how to do things outside of sports. She needs to focus, you know, 1000 percent on on this or she needs to focus 1000 percent on on what's going on in the sport. No, we are we are multi-level, multifaceted human beings. We need all parts of our soul to be alive and feeling and in touch so that we can be the best, most well-rounded person. I'm Changing the Narrative works to develop these conversations and give the onus back to the athlete to take the reins in writing or rewriting their life story. Barbeau reported on the spike in student-athlete suicide and realized that these young athletes at Division I schools weren't getting their needs met. They didn't have a place, public or private, to work through these thoughts and emotions. They were being let down by the very institutions that should have been setting them up for success. In that moment, I'm changing the narrative took off. You can have every single resource that you, you can have the world-class resources, but if your athletes aren't going to use them, then what are we doing? And for some reason, athletes at Stanford, athletes at Wisconsin, athletes at Mississippi State, different athletes, and that's not, those are just the high, higher profile ones. They're, I know that they had therapy there. I know that they had world-class psychologists there. But for whatever reason, those athletes didn't feel like they could use those. And so how do we get them to darken the doorways of those um, those resources? I just had a conversation with the NCAA the other day, and I I love people in at the NCAA. I'm friends with them, but I, I have said this, like you've got amazing resources, but the problem is how do we get people to use those resources more? So my thinking is, and um, it's doing podcasts like this and talking to people like you is, look, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take nutritionists, journalists, coaches, 
mental health um, specialist, therapist, psychologist, people like me, former journalists who now run a movement focused on it, athletes, I mean, parents, it's going to take all of us, pink, purple, black, white, young, old, coming together to talk about mental health, to talk about what we can do, how we can change narrative. And that's how we try to put an end to what we're seeing out there right now. If you're feeling like you need a third party to talk to, Closure Mentality partners with BetterHelp.com to bring licensed therapy right to your computer. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. If you've ever listened to a Closure Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help that you need. Join the over 2 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closure Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash Closure Mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Closure Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. Barbeau finds the best version of herself when she's using her voice to lift those of others. Long before I'm changing the narrative, Barbeau was seeking a way to use her voice to make serious positive change. She found it close to home through her friend, late NFL fullback Kevin Turner, who died from ALS in 2016. Barbeau put together a fundraising drive to support Turner's fight and set off with a group of friends to summit Mount Kilimanjaro to bring light to Lou Gehrig's disease and CTE. I had a friend, he's in heaven now, his name's Kevin Turner. He played at... um, he played Alabama. His nickname was the Anvil, the Immovable Force. He played for the Patriots and the Eagles and won the Ed Block Courage Award. Just an amazing human being. And um, he played in the NFL before there was really the focus and the understanding of concussions. And um, so he he was diagnosed with ALS and and he really changed the trajectory of my life. It's been a while since I've talked about Kevin. Um, he changed the trajectory of my life. He came into my studio one day and I was doing this segment called Pay It Forward Friday where I honored people in the sports world that were doing more with their life. He had just been diagnosed with ALS and he needed help opening his soda top bottle and he needed help turning up the the headset on the the volume headset, or excuse me, the headset volume. And, and I didn't want to, Julia, but I, I felt pity for him. And as soon as the interview started, he was talking to everybody out in the radio land in Birmingham, Alabama, where I did radio, but he was really talking to me and he said, and I'll never forget his words. He said, don't you feel sorry for me? I got a heads up on my life. I say, I'm sorry. I hug my kids. I live every day to the fullest. And he looked right at me and he said, you could step off a curve tomorrow and you get get hit by a bus. And he said, you don't know. And um, like that just struck me. And I remember when he walked down the hallway, I was just like, wow, I'm going to fight for that man. I'm going to I'm going to do something for him. And 
So I planned a, a fundraiser, and this is for anybody who's ever sp failed spectacularly. I've been talking about this lately. I, I planned a fundraiser for him. I um, put all my heart and soul into it. I did everything. I did media. I worked my butt off for it. And the night of the fundraiser, it was really the it, the the um, the theater was half full and I was I was mortified. I was really sad and I didn't understand what was going on. And um, I went home that night and I fell asleep on the couch, I was exhausted. I woke up and I saw I woke up to a documentary on Kilimanjaro and I was like, that looks miserable. Why would anybody do that? Like, why? And then I went back to sleep and I woke up the next morning and I had this crazy idea of let's climb Kilimanjaro. Let's climb for Kevin. And so um, 11 um, people summited uh, in the in the spring of 2014. We went through a blizzard at about um, three fourths the way up, um, about 17,000 feet. We should have turned back, but we did not. Um, we raised over $80,000 for ALS research and awareness and a movie was made about it. Mike Didka, um, the famous Bears coach, narrated it. And it's still one of the greatest accomplishments of my entire life. Um, because I did it for somebody else and um, with no expectation of return or reward or any of those things. And um, it just, yeah, it rocks my world still. It never mattered to Barbo what skill level these athletes were or what their on-field resumes looked like. She sought to use her platform to give voices to others, and it was met with unforeseen positivity. I'm not the ultimate answer. I'm not the only answer. But my program, we've worked with in six years, over 60 colleges, many of them multiple times, Customs and Border Patrol, law enforcement in multiple states, halfway houses, prison ministry, high schools, corporations, wherever we'll go uh, and we will do, we'll, we will go. And our, we focus on good love for yourself, good love for others, purpose beyond athletics, purpose beyond your job, um, joy, mental health, interpersonal relationships. So yeah, having us in is one big one um, because if you have programming like I'm changing the narrative in, over a year or even one time or a couple of times, we are asking those questions. We are saying there will be a time in which you feel swimming in the abyss. You feel lost. You have no identity. This is over. You're injured. It's the next phase. And we want you to be prepared for that. We are so big and I'm changing the narrative about talking about a battle plan, a battle plan, a battle plan, a battle plan. If you're experiencing negative mental health or suicidal ideations, you're depressed a battle plan for when you get out of sports, um, a battle plan if you struggle with being faithful and you are growing in your sport and more and more people are throwing themselves at you. We have battle plans for, for everything. We have battle plans for what we call mama bears and papa bears that want to go to their schools and say, we need mental health resources. And we have, that's what we do. One of the big things we do, and I'm changing the narrative, is um, teach people to have battle plans in all areas of their life. Now, Barbo takes I'm Changing the Narrative across the nation to preach understanding and acceptance. The movement is sweeping through college athletic departments, but Barbo says that to make an impact, you don't need to have a movement. You just need to be the movement. You don't have to run a mental health movement. You don't have to have a podcast to to work in concert with other people. You can just be a good human being. And when you mess up, and you aren't nice, go back. I've called people back before at call centers and said, can I talk to Kim? And they're like, what? And I'm like, I was mean to Kim yesterday and I need to find out who Kim was, you know? I've seriously done that before to like Venus and then trying to figure out some information on my 401k years ago when I worked in Atlanta and the people were like, um, what? And they're like, 
you know, and so they tracked down the Kim or they gave Kim the message. And, and so, yeah, you don't have to have a podcast or a movement to do those things. It's an everyday thing. And the more we, as a people start to collectively notice other people, we call it being a noticer, joy starter. We actually have a club. If you go to joy starters, joystartersclub.com, joystartersclub.com, or my website is I'm changing the narrative.org. But Joy Starters, it's the cost of a cup of coffee a month. You get a journal and you're you're in a group with other like-minded people who are cultivating joy, spreading joy, loving on people. And yeah, you can do that. You don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to have a movement. You don't have to be a journalist. You can do that every single day just by being a good human being. The link to the Joy Starters Club is in the show notes, along with links to Rachel's socials and I'm Changing the Narrative's homepage. Thanks so much for listening to episode 81 of Closer Mentality. You can catch up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Closer Mental. As always, I'm your host, Julia Mellett. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.